you have your Bible, uh, get that out with me this morning. We're going to jump in at 2 Corinthians chapter 9 this morning. And uh, thank you, Joey. And while you're turning there, uh, would you do me a favor, get out your bulletin. And I just want to highlight the roadmap. We're uh, we really only have, after this week, we only have two weeks left of our Beyond series. Uh, and man, it's been an exciting journey for me personally, hopefully for you as well. Uh, I want to highlight a couple things on your roadmap, all right? So don't forget, uh, uh, next week, uh, we are going to be bringing our pledges, okay? So uh, we'll drop those in the offering plate. And uh, and then the following week, we're going to bring our first offering, our first gift towards this vision that God has given us uh, as a church. And, and just as a reminder, okay, our goal uh, in this process is to try and raise a million dollars over 18 months. And our, ho- um, and our goal for the first offering is about $300,000, okay? So, so give peripheral attention to that. If you missed last week, okay, we gave out our pledge cards. And, uh, and I don't have them in your bulletin, okay, but you can pick one up at the Connect Center, and this is what color they are, so you know what they are, okay? And you can, you can give prayerful attention to that. Uh, on, on your roadmap, just uh, kind of an FYI, we signed the contract last week. Kroger signed it this week, okay? So as of Thursday, we're officially under contract, and uh, that gives us, you know, about th- uh, 45 to 60 days to do our due diligence. Uh, so just be praying about that. And so, you know, we're going to give you a prayer guide each week, the things that are happening, kind of as an update, and also things you can be praying for, because I know many of you are praying as, as God leads us, okay? And then you also have a uh, on this handout on your roadmap, you, you've got the architectural rendering of what we're hoping all four phases will look like as we're done or as we build out, okay? And then, this is really cool, uh, we got a really cool model of the building built to scale. It's sitting right here at the front this week, and so uh, after service, if you guys want to come up and just look at it, and uh, um, yeah, it's, it's actually got some people on there so you can kind of see the scale. There's a guy on the center stage with a suit and tie on. I don't really know who that is, but uh, somebody wearing a suit and tie. So anyway, um, yeah, so check that out after the service, okay? you know, we're, we're on this journey, and, and this morning I want to challenge us uh, uh, with our giving, okay? I know it's for, it's like, oh, the dreaded sermon, okay? Uh, so, but I want to challenge us to, that, uh, uh, that what God has given us is beyond mine, okay? That we're stewards uh, of what God has called us. And so one of the things I've been trying to do during this journey is give you some names and faces of some real people uh, and their journey here at Coastal Community Church and how, you know, you have have helped in, in ministering to them uh, and helped develop them as authentic followers of Christ. And so I want you to watch this video. This is Neil and Yvette. Watch this. We're Neil and Yvette Newland. Uh, we've been coming to Coastal since, or for two years now, uh, roughly two years. Yeah. Um, we're currently uh, small group leaders. I can just mm-hmm. say, you know, the people that we've met um, have been definitely encouraging and um, genuine with our small group. We definitely um, have met a lot of great people and our small group grew from what two or three people to like almost 18 people now. And um, so we're growing in Gloucester's where we live and our small group is um, very encouraging and prayed for us. We've been through um, a rough time this year, stepping out on faith on some things and um, through our small group here at Coastal and the church body, um, everyone's prayed for us and helped us um, stay encouraged and um, trusting God and not to turn back um, from God uh, through the struggle that we went through. And um, we're still in the middle of the storm, but we're we're making it and 
even through the struggle and his faithfulness has given us a, uh, an opportunity to, to praise him um, and, and uh, to glorify him to, to other people. We went through a financial difficulty this year and stepping out on faith and um, it just wasn't the right time. God didn't plan for us to do this right now and um, it was hard to swallow that, you know, you can't do this right now. So um, in doing that, it was very hard to want to tithe and we've always done it and it definitely works and God's there to promise you the rewards and blessings from it. and. It would have been easy just to say, mm, well, I'm just not going to do it anymore, but we did. Um, considering it was a financial issue, it was really hard to to do that. And so I just want to encourage people to always tithe and try, you know, it's just really important. And God shows you blessings from it. And He definitely has came through for us. And um, He always does. And when we doubt Him, um, you know, a check comes in the mail or, or someone calls or someone gives you money for groceries or something. Just something's always encouraging for God to say, um, you know, here I am. You know, it just gets me emotional. I'm sorry. Our small group, of course, um, encourages us. And we shared a little bit with them about the burden. And we didn't want to at first, but we did. And um, felt relieved because they shared the burden with us. And, are blessed and thankful and, and, and appreciate Coastal and all the friends and people we've met. Um, I've met a lot of the staff um, with my other job that I had and um, they are truly a God sent here for us because we don't have family here and um, so they are our family in Virginia. It's a great story. Uh, one of the things, this is a, something, something that came to my mind as I was watching the video. I don't know if you have noticed over these videos of stories of God working in people's hearts that, that one of the common themes that's been coming out of their mouths is small group. Have you noticed that? Uh, last week, small group. The week before, small group. And it's, it's essential uh, to develop as an authentic follower of Christ that you're in small group. But we, you know, that's a great story. Uh, and we're going to talk about this morning how God has called us us and challenged us um, for his glory to steward our time, talent, and money, our time, talent, and treasure, okay? And, and all of that has been entrusted to us to steward for the glory of God. And our verse has been this, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21, right? Hopefully you're committing this to memory. Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. You know, by, by way of review, you know, we started this series, this journey is beyond saying, hey, you know, all that we're doing at Coastal is, is ultimately to bring glory to God, especially through his church and through the uplifting of Jesus Christ. That's what verse 21 says, that we want to bring glory to God through a body of believers, and we're called not to do this on our own strength, but we're called to trust the character and the promises of God. Why? Because he's able. We looked at that last week. That's what faith is. It's trusting in who God says he is about himself because he's able. And then we accomplish this work. How do we do it? Well, the verse Paul challenges us. We do it through his mighty power at work within us. Fascinating, right? 
we, we accomplish the work. We're to steward what God has given us for his glory. And that is how we accomplish the work that God has called us to do. And so this morning, in, in the context of the idea that God accomplishes his work through us, through his mighty power displayed through us, we're going to talk about the dreaded sermon, all right? It's probably the one that you knew was coming at some point when we did the Beyond series. But I just feel like this morning is a teaching moment, right? And I, if, you come to, if you come to Coastal for any length of time, I, don't, I, I try not to talk about money very often, but, you know, there's a lot of scripture about money. In fact, there's probably more scriptures about money than there is about things like faith and prayer and things that we spend a lot of time on. There is a tremendous amount of scripture talking to us about money, all right? And so, let me talk to tell you this. This is the last sermon in this series that I will preach on money, all right? The next two weeks will be about a vision and what we hope to accomplish long term, all right? Uh, but and, and then after the next two weeks, we're going to launch into the book of First Timothy, and we're going to take the rest of the summer and go through First Timothy. So that's where we're going, okay? Uh, but this morning, I want to challenge us, okay? And and I want to I want to I want to look at what Paul has to say about giving. So let me say this: If you're here this morning and you're a guest with us, okay, please know that this sermon is geared towards those that say, "Hey, this is my home church." All right, uh, Cold Queen Church is where I, I gather. It's my faith journey. It's where I worship with other believers, and so this is really geared towards them. You're kind of on the outside looking in, all right? And, and so that, this is where we're going. But I want to look at how God, through his mighty power at work within us, accomplishes what he's called us to do. And I think when we think about the power of God, sometimes we quickly jump to the extraordinary or the miraculous, right? We think about, man, God's going to accomplish his mighty work, his power is going to be showed off in our lives. We think about like burning bushes, or we think about David and Goliath, or we think about the parting of the Red Sea, and we think, man, that's kind of the norm in life. And I want to redirect that a little bit this morning. Does God do those things? Of course he does. But, you know, I really believe oftentimes the power of God is displayed in us when we are faithful to the daily, mundane, ordinary things that God has called us to do. Does that make sense? So when, 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 when a couple like Neil and Yvette say, you know what, uh, we've, we've hit some financial difficulties, but man, we've continued to honor the Lord in our giving, I go, man, that's, the, that's oftentimes how God displays his, his mighty power at work within us when we're faithful to what he's called us to do. And in the area of money, I want to challenge you with this. Um, maybe this is news to you, like you don't take any of it with you, right? None of it. None of it goes with us. And so this morning, we're going to look at this great passage, and it's really what we're, what we're going to delve into this morning is, is a little bit of a how-to, okay? 2 Corinthians chapter 9, the Apostle Paul, and by the way, uh, Paul here in 2 Corinthians gives two full chapters of Scripture on giving, back-to-back. Okay, and if I was to read these entire passages, you, you would be astonished at how forward and forthright the Apostle Paul is on how we use our checkbook to bring glory to God. And so we're going to park in, in chapter 9, and, and I'm, I'm going to park on the idea of just a little bit of a how-to to help you think through, man, how is it that I give to the Lord? How do I make a difference with my financial resources? But let me start by giving you a little bit of an overview, okay? If you know the ministry of the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul was a, a preacher or an apostle, and he was kind of a missionary. His, his passion was to plant churches where no churches existed, 
all right? And so the early church was, born, was kind of birthed out of Jewish believers, but man, there was this kind of this new thing happening where, where the gospel of Jesus was crossing over into the Gentiles. And what's fascinating is if you read your Old Testament with the idea or the eyes of all nations are gonna be blessed. And, and so Paul calls this kind of this idea that the church is going to the Gentiles. He, oftentimes he calls it a mystery. But if you read your Old Testament with the idea that God always wanted to bless all nations, the Old Testament will pop for you. Like, whoa, God always had a passion for all nations. And if you're here this morning, I would imagine that probably 95% of us this morning are Gentiles. You're here as a worshiper of God because God always had a vision for all nations. And the Apostle Paul was one of the first missionaries to plant churches in places where they were not yet worshipers of the one true living God, okay? Now, in Jerusalem, there was a severe famine and the believers were hurting. They didn't have food and they were hurting financially. And so what Paul is doing is he's going around to the churches that he planted and he's raising an offering over and above what they needed to, to manage and run their churches and bless the church of Jerusalem with an offering or a gift. Does that make sense? Okay, and that's where he's writing this church of Corinth. He says, I want you to be generous in your offering. I just wanna highlight a couple verses in chapter eight, okay? Because as I read these two chapters, these two cha these couple verses in chapter eight just stuck out to me, okay? Like, whoa, did Paul really say that? So check this out. Second Corinthians chapter eight, verse two and three. He says, they're being tested by their many troubles. He's talking about some of the other churches that he planted. He said, they're being tested by their many troubles. They're very poor, but they are also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed into what? What's it say? Rich what? Generosity. So they have this joy in the Lord that God has, they, they understand that the grace of God gifting them the person and work of Jesus Christ. And now they're, they're being very generous. For I testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but what? More and far more. And they did it of their own free will, right? Now, I get to pastor one of the things that's a joy for me, I get to pastor a really generous church, and I mean that. Man, I'm always blown away by the generosity of Coastal, and, I, and I'm going to tell you something. I've, I've pastored here for almost, for a long time, okay? So, um, and, and one of the things that ha has been really neat to me is I've never, ever had to preach a sermon on money because we were desperate for money, never. I've always wanted to do it out of a heart of teaching and helping you understand what the overflow of the gospel looks like in regards to our financial resources, okay? And I stand here today going, wow, that's not, my heart is for you to know Christ and know his blessings through being generous, so, but then Paul, but Paul says this, this is what I call the yikes verse, okay? Second Corinthians chapter eight, verse eight. He says, I'm not commanding you to do this. So he's talking this church of Corinth. He says, look, the other churches are giving generously. He goes, I'm not commanding you to do this, but I'm testing how genuine your love is by comparing, uh, comparing it with the eagerness of the other churches. Yikes, all right? Could you imagine? I mean, what would you, would y'all come back next week if I, I'm having a hard time with this mic, so we're going to do this. We're going to readjust it. All right. Could you imagine if next week, would y'all come back next week if I stood up here and said, now listen, I've been seeing the giving and I start naming some local churches. I've been seeing the giving down at so-and-so and what you call it, and we're just not measuring up. How would that make y'all feel? It'd be awkward, wouldn't it? Probably wouldn't be coming. That's what the apostle Paul did. Now listen, 
listen, these other churches, let me name a few, man. They're just being super generous. It's what I call the yikes verse. And then he reminds them that all giving is really an overflow of your understanding of the gospel of Christ. You're not going to be generous if you don't understand how generous God has been with you. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. You know, how gener- you know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was what? Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor so that his poverty he could make you rich. Church, you're not, what I'm, I'm about to go through a how-to, but if you missed the first part of this chapter, that, that man, the, the idea is that we're generous with our financial resources because our God has been incredibly generous with us. And, and if you leave here this morning and you feel manipulated or irritated or angry, like you're given with the wrong attitude, I'm even going to give you an escape clause on that, okay? What I want you to know is to understand the deep richness of the grace and love of God in Christ. And out of that, you go, you know what? I don't take any of it with me anyway. And so what better thing to do than to be generous with God's church? This past week, I was uh, meeting with some guys that I meet with, and we were looking at uh, Timothy chapter 4, and we're going to be going through Timothy here. And one of the things that stuck out to me is we were reading this passage together that in Timothy chapter 4, Paul says that the, that the church is the pillar of the truth. I would have thought it was the other way around. The, ch- the truth is the, is the cornerstone. No, it's the other. The church, it, what do we put on display? We put the truth on display. Isn't that fascinating? So for me, it's like, man, I want to be generous with the church. You want to know why? Because it's, it's what houses truth in our culture. And by the way, we have a culture that's running headlong, the opposite way of truth, and the best place to uplift the truth and make sure it stays kind of the thing that influences culture is in the local church, Correct? That's why I want to bring my neighbors and I want to bring my coworkers. Well, actually, most of my coworkers come here. So anyway, but you know, like, you know, like, man, I want them to come and, you know, I want them to be here and I want them to know the truth of God because you'll know the truth and the truth does something to you, sets you free, right? And so, man, I want to be generous with the local church. And Paul says, man, you know, you want to know how uh, the mighty power of God works within us in the area of giving. We remember how much we've been given and as an overflow, we're generous, okay? Now, let's skip over to chapter 9, okay? And I want to give you a how-to, okay, on giving because that's what Paul does with the Corinthian church. So he's challenged them. He's challenged them with their understanding of the gospel. Now, here's what I want you to do when it comes to this offering. It's kind of the how-to, okay? So the first thing he's challenges them with is the idea of blessing and generosity. He says there's a direct link to, to blessing and your generosity. Second Corinthians chapter nine, he says, uh, remember this, that a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. Like the one who plants, but the one who plants generously will also get a generous crop. Okay, so in Bible times, a farmer would prepare his field, tilling it or plowing it. And then he would have, usually have a basket or a bag of seed, right? And so when he went to seed the field, he would just spread this seed incredibly generously. And so the farmer that was generous with the seed is also going to be generous, is going to have an abundant crop, right? I, um, each, this, uh, I love this time of year because uh, this is the time of year that my lawn looks great, 
Like, and I, you know, and, and so when I bought my house, it was a weed fest, you know, and I've been kind of working on it through the years. And, and, and one of the things I do is every fall, I rent an aerator, okay? And I don't know what an aerator is, but it's just this big, huge, heavy thing. And it's got these things that pulls plugs out of your yard, right? And so it pulls the plugs up. And yeah, you know, a couple years ago when my kids, my boys were younger, it was great because it turned into a dirt war because it has these little dirt plugs, you know, come home, they're just winging at each other, bruises, it's great. And so, you know, and all that's going on. And so, and then what you do is it pulls all these plugs out of the soil and then you spread seed, right? You spread grass seed. Now here's what you don't do. All right, picture this. Imagine if I took my grass seed and I went, oh, there's a hole. There's a hole. And I went around my whole yard, man, and I sowed that seed very sparingly. And by the way, grass seed's ridiculously expensive, okay? And so I sowed that seed very sparingly. What, what, and, and so you get the picture, right? What's the Bible say? A person sows sparingly what? They're going to reap sparingly. Like, no, how do you do that? You plug the grass. You got all these you know, spots for the seed. And then you spread the seed very generously, right? And then this time of year for about a month until it stops raining, I get to enjoy a great lawn, right? Like, man, it looks so beautiful. And then next month it'll all dry up. Okay, so, but the Apostle Paul is like, you know, it, many of us, man, we're, it's this principle of blessing and generosity. We don't always experience the, ge- the generosity of our Lord because, uh, I mean, we don't experience the blessing of the Lord because, because we're not being generous with our resources, right? And we're not sowing generously so there's much fruit. Now, now let, me, let me caution here and let me frame this right, okay? Because the right framing here is also to ha- that you have a good understanding of what I call the now and the not yet of the kingdom, okay? Um, the kingdom of God is both now and it's also not yet, So when I talk about the blessings of the Lord, I want you to understand that all the blessings and all the promises of God's blessings that God promises ultimately find their fulfillment in heaven. Okay, upon the return of Christ, and man, whatever we sow generously, man, we will, we, will, we will reap generously in the life to come. Now, does that mean there are times in this life that you will sow and there will be a great blessing, financial, spiritual, emotional, otherwise, when you're sowing generously? As those times come, of course, right? But there are times like when Neil Nevet just shared, man, I've been tithing, I've been generous, and man, all of a sudden I hit a tough financial patch. Does that happen as well? Of course. And what I loved about their story is that even though the, the, the times have been lean, guess what the body of Christ did? came in and filled a gap, right? That's exactly what Paul is telling this church. I need you to come in and fill a gap. And so God, because they've been generous to the church, guess what? The church is still being generous with them, saying, hey, we're going to help see you through this. Incredible stuff, right? Incredible stuff. It's the idea of, of, of generosity and closely connected to blessing. Now, here's the next thing in Paul's instruction, okay? This is kind of the how-to in giving. He starts by saying, and I want to highlight this. He says, don't give like this, all right? Here's how not to give it. If you're going to be generous with your financial, don't give it like this. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. <clears throat> 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. And don't give two ways, ready? Don't give reluctantly and don't give what? Under pressure, right? Don't give, don't give under pressure or in response to pressure. Don't give reluctantly. Don't give under pressure. Don't give under compulsion. Now, let me stop here. Don't some of you feel relieved, right? I want you to feel relieved, you never, have, you never have to give under pressure. By the way, there's an alternate, there, there's another side to this idea too. Um, 
don't ever buy under pressure. If someone's ever telling you like, uh, you know, man, you got a sign on the dotted line today. No, you don't. Okay, no, you don't. Don't ever let some salesman, t- uh, by the way, there's probably some salesman here. Okay, don't let some salesman talk you into like, it has to be now or never. In fact, a good salesman would never do that. A good salesman wants you to understand you're getting a great product for a great price and they believe in their product for a great price and, and that's what a great salesman does. But man, don't, don't give under pressure. Don't give reluctantly. In fact, Paul says, <clears throat> here's how we give. Okay, here's, do give it this way. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. Each of you must decide in your own heart how much to give. And don't give it reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives how? Cheerfully. Cheerfully, right? By the way, the first thing I love about this verse is I always say, give with planning. Give with planning. Paul says, decide in your heart. Take some time to, to plan. Take some time to decide. As a follower of Christ, man, I'm a huge believer, and this is another sermon for another day, and I preached this last year on Saturday night, and then I got sick on Saturday night, okay? And then uh, and if you remember the first testimony, Nate, he heard a sermon that changed his life. That was the week I got sick, okay? Uh, so I preached on Saturday night, but I, I talked about the, the uh, how, you know, why I, I kind of gave a testimony of why I give and how I give, and, and I built the idea that, you know, I'm a huge believer that we tithe to our local church as a beginning point of generosity. Don't have a ton of time for that this morning, but, but you know, I, I I, want, I do want to talk about giving with planning. We organize our lives around giving. And by the way, giving is a spiritual thing. Being generous is a spiritual thing. It's, it's, the idea is worship. The idea is the overflow of the gospel. The idea, you know, why, you know we, we take the gospel, man, and I can teach about how Christ has so radically changed our lives that we date differently and we work differently and we parent differently and, and, and we, our marriages are different and we take care of our elderly parents differently. But man, sometimes we kind of compartmentalize the checkbook. Like that, we don't get to talk about that. What are you talking about? Man, if, the, if the gospel influences our lives, if it's worth anything, it's worth everything, correct? That's what worship is. And so we have to talk about that, right? And so Paul says to give with planning. Now, here's my illustration. I've used this before. At least I used it that Saturday night. I got sick. So if you were there, you'll remember this, okay? This is the Browns. I'm not talking about the Cleveland Browns. I'm talking about Sean and Jennifer Brown and the kids, okay? This is the Browns' gray box of planning, okay? And it's like it's ugly, and we've had it for 20 years of marriage. I've used the same box for 20 years. And here's how this works, Okay, here's how the gray box of planning works. All right. I take every single receipt of every dime we spend and I put it in the gray box of planning. Okay. And, 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 and it's all in here. And then in 2016, what will happen is I'll figure out generally what our salary will be between myself and my wife's business. Okay. And I'll go through the gray box of planning and I pull out every receipt. Okay, and they all have their little folders inside there. So I know, guess what I know? I know generally the average cost of my water bill before it even comes in. It's in the gray box of planning. I have two cars. Cars sometimes break down, okay? So what I had is in my gray box of planning, I have every receipt that I had to pay for my car in 2015. And so now I know an average cost per month of what it costs to keep a vehicle on the road. Make sense? It's a gray box of planning, all right? Listen, this, we do this, we're impulsive, right? 
You're out at, at the, uh, you, you know, you, you go in line and you see the cutest little puppy. Oh, he's so, that puppy just needs a home. You know, is what we do, you know. And you bring that puppy home, right? And guess what happens? That puppy costs money, right? You got to feed it and vet it and shots and water and all that stuff. And guess what? In the brown house, it's on the gray box of planning, Okay. Now, the brown puppy cost a little more this past week than we had in the gray box of planning, okay? But that happens sometimes. But there's a planning, right? There's, hey, man, this is what it is. And so what happens is then I get out at the beginning of the year, I get out this little piece of paper. Now, listen, I, I'm a nerd. I know some of you are so, like, you're still doing it on paper with pen? Yes, that's how I do it, okay? I get it. You can do it on the computer, all right? Scan your receipts, do whatever, because this is how I do it, all right? And so I get out my little piece of paper, right? And I build this thing called a what? A budget, right? I build this thing on a budget. And listen, I get the idea from Corinthians chapter 9. Because I want to be able to give with planning. And at the top of my budget is written the word tithe. And that's the, what I call the first fruits of giving. And why do I put that at the top? You want to know why I put that at the top? I want the rest of everything I do to be under the blessing of God. Malachi 3.10. Can't outgive God. Okay, and so that's a tithe. And then there's a place for offering. And there's a place for helping kids if we need to help kids. And there's a place for maybe sometimes we get the letter, hey, Pastor Sean, can you send us on a missionary journey? And sometimes we, we're able to do that. Okay, and then there's things like the mortgage and the rest of the stuff. And it's all in the gray box of planning. And at the end, man, we get to the place of margin so we can go, man, you know what? We're positioned now, Lord willing, to give generously. And I'm gonna tell you something, no car payment or no home improvement gets added to that list unless we can look at it and go, hey, is there still margin to be generous? Because the American dream will not teach you to plan. It will teach you to be impulsive. And by the way, you can write this down. If, if I'm kind of speaking to you and you're like neck deep in debt, you know, I, I should have this on your notes, okay? Dave Ramsey's total money makeover. Write that down. Write it down. Everybody write that down. Dave Ramsey's total money makeover. All right? Do you know that in America... The average American spends $225 a month on impulsive eating. Coffee, eating out, okay? $225 a month. Because they, they can't get up a few minutes early, maybe, and brown bag it, right, to lunch. And so here's what I'm challenging us as a church as we look at what God's laid in front of us. My question is, man, can we give up maybe half of that? And donate to Coastal, brown bag it, and say, hey, you know what? We believe in the vision of our local church so we can give over and above. My kids play sports. By the way, sports is, there's a line on that sheet of paper for sports. Don't sign your kid up for a sport and think it's free, okay? It just, it costs money. It's got to be in the brown box of planning, okay? And so, you know, and, and so one time, I was, years ago, I was coaching Little League. <clears throat> and just, my wife had just gotten back from Honduras, okay? And I looked at one of the coaches, and every single one of these kids had a baseball bat lined up against the fence, these baseball bats, I'm about to embarrass myself, okay? They run no less than 200 bucks a bat, no less. Some of them run three to 500. Y'all aren't into baseball, are you? So what do you mean? You got your stuff too, okay? So anyway, line them up alongside, and I looked at my, one of my coaches. I said, there's about three to $5,000 sitting there. I said, we could feed a lot of hungry kids for three to $5,000, right? I said, how many of y'all remember playing baseball and there was a team bat, 
right? It's just one, and we share. I mean, only one kid swings at a time, right? You know, kind of thing. That's not how it works anymore, all right? It's just not how it works. But my point is, like, we do all have our thing. We all have our thing, man. We're impulsive, and we purchase, and we don't consider, and we say, God, can I possibly be generous? You know, maybe it's clothes shopping. You know, every year at Mother's Day, not every year, but often I've started trying to buy my wife some clothes. My wife is so thrifty, okay, incredibly thrifty. And, and, and actually, there's hardly even a clothesline in a gray box of planning. You want to know why my wife buys almost everything at thrift stores? It's incredible to me. And when I buy her something nice, like for her birthday, she'll look at it, she'll open it, she goes, I could have gotten 15 things at the, at the thrift store for that. Why? Because she understands the gray box of planning. All right? And so we plan, okay? We plan to be generous. And so Paul says, then he says, give cheerfully and hilariously. Give cheerfully and hilariously. The, the word cheerfully means hilarious, literally. <laughs> give hilariously. Give cheerfully and give hilariously. Let me, let me, let me give, let me, uh, Let me say something refreshingly honest, okay? God doesn't need your money. And this church doesn't need your money. Don't come next week unless you want, and give unless you want to give joyfully. And I mean that. Because God loves it. I believe this verse. God loves a cheerful giver. You're not earning anything with God, okay? Do we want you to be a part of the vision he's given us? Of course. I hope you walk in that building and go, hey, man, I was a part of this. I was exciting. New people are coming. The gospel is being spread in the hearts of people. Man, I'm excited about that. But don't, come, don't give unless you want to give joyfully. Isn't that refreshingly honest? Because God doesn't need your money. My hope is that the gospel so captures your heart that there's some planning in your life that you say, man, I want to be a part of demonstrating the, the, and uplifting the gospel of Jesus Christ through his local church because I believe when you know Jesus, you know freedom. Paul says this in verse 8, that giving reveals what you believe. We're going to move quickly here. Giving reveals what you believe. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8, and God will generously provide all that you need. Then... You will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share. Credible, right? Giving reveals what you, that you, one, you believe that God's a generous God, that God has been generous with you. And two, it reveals that you believe that God has the ability to provide for your needs. It's God's mighty power at work within us. Then Paul concludes with this, the results of giving. The results of giving, 2 Corinthians 9 verse 12. 12, right? And two things will result from the ministry of giving. By the way, did you notice that Paul calls it a ministry? Two things result from the ministry of giving. I don't think I've ever really met that person because, man, I got, the, I got the ministry of giving. Right? <laughs> Never met that person. Anyway, so the ministry of giving, right? The needs of, in the, of the believers in Jerusalem will be met and they will, they will be, and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. Two things. Number one, meets needs. Giving meets needs. Which, by the way, is there a bigger need than the heart of a man being redeemed and connected to God through Christ, the preaching of the gospel? Is there a bigger need than that? I'm setting you up, right? No, the answer is no. Number two, worship. Giving meets needs and brings worship and glory to God. My hope is that this campaign we're in, that's exactly what it's focused on, to bring worship and glory to God. How many of y'all have ever received an incredible gift that 
and don't get spiritual on me, okay? I'm not talking about the gift of Jesus. Like, I know some of you are like, it's Jesus. Yes, I get that, okay? But like a gift that really just kind of like shocked you, right? Like, wow. My wife gave me two that were great in my life. Number one, she surprised me once by sending me and my boys to see the Seattle Seahawks down in North Carolina to play the Carolina Panthers. It's awesome, man. I was like, this is awesome. And then a couple years ago, man, she surprised me with my daddy chair. You know, she, I'd always been like, man, I wish I had a recliner. I said that for about 15 years, you know. Finally, she's like, maybe if I get one, I'll shut up. So, you know, so finally she got me. I came home, I came in right around Christmas. I was like, oh, you know, the daddy chair, you know. Now I got to come home and like fend it off from kids. Like, hey, you're in my chair, you know, kind of thing. And, uh, but man, it's great, right? Joan London, years, a couple years ago, said that there's some, some people were giving extraordinary Christmas gifts for, um, for Christmas. Incredible. Um, one of them was the Jaguar 220. If you want to purchase one of these for someone, the way you do it is you go uh, to a Jaguar automobile dealer and you lay down an $80,000 deposit. And then when the automobile is delivered, you bring the balance, which is $507,000 for a total of $587,000 for that automobile, Jaguar 220. The reason it's so expensive is there's only 250 of them made each year. Now, I got to thinking about this. I thought, you know, should anyone in this congregation want to bless your preacher, okay, with, a, with, that, with that kind of gift, okay? Let me just say this on the front end, all right? I, I would have a difficult time giving my love and sharing how much I appreciate that. I would do my best, okay? But the overflow of that kind of gift, I would, I don't know, I would attempt to, to be grateful by maybe giving you an occasional ride in my new car, all right? Like... <laughs> Why don't you let me pick you up? Or if you're on a date night with your wife, man, take my car, okay? And I'll let you take it out on a date night. Um, but I could never pay it back. I wouldn't even attempt to. Everything I did for you just be an overflow of gratitude because I could never pay back for a car like that. That's the idea of giving. It's worship. You're not earning. You're not buying. It's an overflow of gratitude. Romans chapter 8, verse 32, the Apostle Paul said this. Check this out. Since God did not spare even his own son. What is that? Greatest gift. And gave him up for us all. Wouldn't he also give us what? Everything else. It's a greater to the least equation. He's already given us the grace. He can give us. He can go and take care of everything else. And the answer, of course, is yes. Next week, church, we're going to bring our pledge cards. Two things I've been praying about. Number one, I pray as you bring your pledge card to the vision God's given Coastal Community Church that God will show off his mighty power at work within you. I pray that he'll do that. I pray he'll shock you as you pray about that and you plan for that. And number two, I pray that you'll bring it back next week with a joyful heart. You'll come back next week with me. And I can't wait, by the way. I can't wait. I really can't. You'll come back and you'll be joyful and you'll be hilarious. Like, man, God, this is great. You you prayed about this. This is the number you've given us. And I can't wait to see how you're going to provide. And I'm going to join with you guys. And we are going to do it hilariously, cheerfully, and joyfully. That's my prayer for us, Coastal Community Church, is to display God in all things. Let's close with prayer. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for this morning. I want to thank you for the... The vision that you've given us, God, and as a church, man, we are so excited, God. We're excited to see you move. We're excited to see the visions you've given us come into reality so that we can lift up and display the gospel of Jesus Christ for the glory of God. Thank you for this opportunity. 
And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, church, this is our offering time. And uh, I do want you to know, like I said earlier in the sermon, if you're a guest, the sermon was, was directed towards the people of Coastal. So if you're a guest with us, we are not after your money. And uh, we would. Uh, this is just one of the ways we worship God. We'd love to have from you on the side of your bulletin is a tear-off. Yeah, if you'd fill that out, we would just want to send you a thank you card for coming. That's all we're going to do with that. If you're here this morning, you have a prayer need, we'll have our prayer team members up here on the front. And they would love to minister to you through prayer. And uh, with that, I'll turn it over to the worship team.